one of the most fascinating people of all time, right? He's, I need this clicker to go, he's arguably the most famous person in all of human history. I mean, you think about it, his teachings have shaped countries and cultures. His, uh, his ideas have inspired revolutions and, and reformations and renewal right down through the centuries. But you think about it, his words have been read more, studied more, quoted more, debated more, criticised more, even translated more than anyone who has ever lived. And so this morning, I just want to share a very short reflection on 15 words that Jesus shared. One short sentence. It's actually quite a well-known promise that Jesus said. And you'll find it uh, in Matthew chapter 18. This is what he said. For where two or three gather together in my name, I am there with them. Now, if you've been around church long enough, you've, you've probably heard something along those lines, and it's, it's probably been mentioned at a prayer meeting or something when only a few people turn up. And uh, normally the well-meaning minister has wanted to assure those three saints who have come out on a freezing cold winter's night to pray for a far-flung missionary that Jesus is with them, <clears throat> despite the fact that there's only like two or three of them there together. And, and you need to know that's not bad. I mean, that's, that's not bad. I have done that myself. Uh, but it is actually, it's quite weak theologically. It sort of, sort of waters down the bigger point that Jesus is making. And the, the truth is Jesus is definitely with his people, collectively, as a group, but also individually when there's just one person. And so anyone who has committed themselves to Jesus knows that Jesus has committed himself to them. And he's promised to be with us wherever we go, whoever we're with, whether we are by ourselves or whether we're in a crowd of two or three or, or thousands. So it's really important to look at the context of what is, is going on when Jesus says these words. And the, this promise that he makes actually comes in the middle of some advice he is giving around what relationships should look like among Christian believers. So at the start of chapter 18... Jesus instructs his followers to respect each other with love and humility. And at the end of chapter 18, Jesus says that Christians will be characterized by their mercy and their grace. So love and humility and mercy and grace. They're kind of the bookends for what happens when Christians gather together. They are the attitudes, they are the approaches that Jesus' followers are called to have when we gather together. And so that's the backdrop against which Christians are supposed to meet together in love and humility and mercy and grace. Those are the values, the virtues that, that are the defining characteristics of a Christian gathering. And now when you look at that 15 words that Jesus said. If you actually read a little bit deeper between the lines, you'll see that he's giving some perceptive insights into what happens and how Christians should gather together. So notice there that the number of people is actually not that important. All you need is two or three. So that could be a husband and wife, could be a mother and her children, could be just simply a handful of friends. 
Jesus also doesn't make any mention of the social status of people. He doesn't say that they have to be wealthy for him to be there, they have to be educated, they have to be senior. There's no hierarchy. Everybody who gathers is equal. And he also says that the place is not really important. He says where they gather. Now, that could be anywhere. That could be a church building or it could be a cafe. could be a barn. could be a beach. What is important is when Christians gather together, they gather in the name of Jesus. And I'm pretty confident that the name of Jesus is what unites us here at ABC. And we gather under his banner. He is a captain. He is a chief. He is our shepherd. He is our savior. He is our leader. He is our, he is our Lord. And whenever we meet, we genuinely want to honor and worship him. We want to bring glory to his name. Jesus is the center of this church. In fact, an interesting detail, one of the earlier translations of this text says, when two or three gather together in my name, I am there in their midst. And so when we gather together, we focus on Jesus because he is our foundation, he is our cornerstone, he's our centerpiece. There's this crazy thing that happens. In the process of, of pressing into Jesus, something remarkable happens. The closer we get to Jesus, the closer we get to each other. As Jesus is drawing us to him, in that process, he draws us together. Now, you need to know that at this church, we are on a journey. And we are not the perfect church, okay? Please don't think we are, because we're not. But we are trying to faithfully follow in the footsteps of Jesus. I mean, our key motto here is we are trying to live and love like Jesus. And we don't always get that right, okay? But I do want you to know that this church is not a museum of flawless figures. Instead, we're probably more like a hospital full of broken people. But what encourages me is that with that, Jesus is still in our midst. In our burdens, in our brokenness, in our faults, in our failings, Jesus is with us. And so when we gather on a Sunday morning like now, or at a group during the week, or in a ministry team, or in a service team, Jesus is with us. He is there in our midst. And if you've been on that journey with us over the past few years, as many of you have, you'll know that we've had to navigate a bucket load of uncertainties. The last few years around this country, around our world, has been very uncertain, there's been challenges, there's been changes, and it's been difficult for a lot of people. So that promise that Jesus makes, that he is with his people, his presence is with his people, has been hugely encouraging for me personally, but also for our leadership team at this church. I actually believe that this message, these 15 words, are very important for our church in 2024. God has some good plans for us, and if we show love and humility... If we show mercy and grace, if we gather in his name to honor him, then he is here among us. So, very simply this morning, I'm going to introduce uh, some of the leadership team 
and uh, they're going to offer some reflections, just talk about some of the opportunities that God might be opening up. So you're welcome to give them a clap, give them a cheer as they come on up. As they come on up is their cue. Going to be an awkward interview by myself, isn't it? All right, grab a seat, you guys, and a microphone, preferably. Okay. Yeah, grab those two things. All right, so just if you're not sure from the pictures, uh, Claudine. or the <laughs> fingers. Okay, we've got Jordan. <laughs> not that I'm good. I'll check myself. <laughs> Jordan, Claudine, Gary, uh, as we go from that way. Youngest to oldest. Youngest to oldest. <laughs> oh, that is awkward. I didn't have any questions about your, um, your age, but... Wiser. We could if we want to. I do have some great questions for you. So what I thought we'd do is you can tell us a little bit about yourself, just a brief snapshot, and then um, I will ask you questions which will really reveal truly who you are, okay? So, well, that, that, in a fun way, okay, not, not in a serious way. Okay, so we'll start with the youngest, you. and arguably the most handsomest, Thank you. and ten fingers, which is great. All yeah. ten. So tell us a bit about you, Jordan. Um, so I am originally from South Africa. I immigrated to New Zealand five years ago, landed in beautiful central Otago, just fell in love with the place and the people. Um, I have two beautiful daughters and a beautiful wife, mm -hmm. as you saw this morning, yep. and he, oh, she's a teacher, and I am an electrician, among other things. Among other things. <laughs> awesome. Okay, Claudine, what about you? So I have been a Christian for a bit over 30 years, and in this church for most of that, and married to Phil for nearly 30 years. Uh, we have two adult children who both live in Wellington, and two granddaughters under three, which are a delight and just quite a different um, stage of life. It's awesome. Cool. And I work in insurance, oh, and yeah. I like reading and riding my bike. Sweet. Gary? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely the oldest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I became a Christian when I was a teenager through one of the school and Christian associations. Um, it's been a journey. Mm. Um, I'm married to Linda, uh, who we met in Dunedin. Uh, we have five boys. Uh, they're all grown up, and the youngest is 23, and uh, going to be married in April, and then hopefully returning to Baptist Church in Alexandra. Yeah, cool. Which cool, will cool. be great. Um, my family come from uh, all over um, the British Isles. My, I've just found out uh, the other day that my great-great-grandfather came from Scotland as an 11-year-old, and he's buried in the Alexandra Cemetery. Mm. <laughs> so we can now claim to be... Local, legitimately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just um, been a circular journey. In yeah, between. yeah. Uh, I've been a policeman since 1981 uh, and based here in Alexandra, um, overseeing the family harm portfolio and teaching in local schools. Uh, I've been teaching for over 30 years, wow. uh, delivering programs within the schools on behalf of the police. So, uh, so that's a, a very chal two challenging roles. Mm. Uh, and in my spare time, I like to uh, mountain bike. Uh, like a lot of people in the church here now, uh, take advantage of everything that's out there, and I um, compete in small bore shooting. And successfully too, so... Uh, yeah, so came home from the Masters last night with a gold and silver medal in shooting. Boom. Yeah. Impressive. All right. <laughs> Don't wait, Jordan. I've got some... I missed some parts, but I'll... You'll can, get there. Can, oh, yeah. 
So, um, uh, before we start with the more detailed questions around the church, I think it's helpful to know a little bit more about you than just those sorts of important things. So I've got some questions which are would you rather, they're either options, and um, I've tailored these specifically for you, okay? So Jordan, I'm going to ask you first, all right, would you rather have, and if you're not sure what they are, just ask, would you rather have a mullet or a perm? In terms of a hairstyle. <laughs> so mullet is, yeah. yeah, perm is curly. I'd say a perm. Would you? Definitely. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's a good comment. Okay, Claudine, um, I'm not going to ask you about hairstyle. Would you rather start a colony on another planet or be the leader of a country on Earth? Ooh. <laughs> By the way, they don't, know the, they don't know these questions. Oh, I'd like to do the colony on the other planet. Well, okay, cool. Okay, this is right up your alley, Gary. Would you rather r- be able to run as fast as the Flash or be as strong as Superman? Or both, if you're both. Tell me both. I think I'd rather run as fast as the Flash because Superman had a, a flaw. <laughs> True. Okay. Um, one more each. Claudine, <clears throat> would you only ever be able to watch... Would you rather only ever be able to watch the news for the rest of your life or reruns of Friends? Oh, definitely Friends. Phew, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jordan, would you rather dig for mummies or dive for sunken treasure? Oh, sunken treasure. Yeah. yeah any day. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right, Find us keepers. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, you could get to keep the mummies as well, but. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> Gary, I have no idea which way you're gonna go with this one. Would you rather ride a raging bull, like as a cowboy, or be a bullfighter? I'd probably go with the bullfighter. Mm. Okay. Okay. See, they're quite interesting. He'll probably shoot the bull. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> right I, I will do one more. Okay. I was for the worms one. I oh, know. So no one. No, 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 okay. Okay. All right. Um, Claudine, would you rather be able to fast forward your life or rewind? Your life. That's deep. <laughs> I think different parts of your life you might want to do one or the other. True. Uh, That's a good answer if you want to leave it with that. Yeah, That's fine. That. Okay. Sure. Right, Jordan, I've got one here about superheroes, but would you rather me ask you about the worms? Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> would you rather eat worms or have worms? So you got it. You got to think of it this. That's a bit of a loaded question. It is. Because when you say have worms, do you mean own them? Like pets? No, I mean own them in your stomach. Oh no, then I don't want to answer that question. (laughs) I wanted them as pets, that'd be so cool. That'd be very easy to look up on that. Alright, Gary, do you want one more or not? Oh, okay. I'll go for it. Last one. Uh, Would you rather be the class clown or the teacher's pet? I think I was the class clown. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm glad we cleared that up. All right, so let's talk a wee bit about um, your your roles on the leadership team. So you're all on the leadership team as well as um, Linda and Ian, which I didn't mention. Sorry. So what does that look like for you? What what does it mean to be on the leadership team, Gary? Would you you want to tell us a wee bit? I think it's just an opportunity to. to put something back into the church. Yep. Um, the church has been very good at looking after me as I've grown up. Um, and, um, and often it's, uh, it's a matter of um, 
just being close to God, and the more you do, the closer you get to Him. Mm. So, um, I think it's really good to to be part of a church that is um, is encouraging to others. Um, and um, I've done a bit of study over the years as well. I went to Bible college uh, uh, while. Well, after we came to this church, and I entered leadership, so it's always been an encouragement to, to be there and to put back into the church uh, what I've learnt and what I've um, been given. Cool, Claudine, for you, leadership team. Um, I really enjoy kind of seeing the bigger picture, the overall picture of um, organisational stuff, um, prayer, caring for people. Uh, and I think what I see is that each of us brings our own special group of skills and experiences that we can give back, like Gary said. And, um, but what I, I love the most, I think, is that we are bringing all those skills and differences, but we're coming with the same heart, and yeah. it's the heart to really bless our church and um, to see it flourish. There is a unity amongst the leadership team, which is, is hugely encouraging. Jordan, what about you? Yes, I was also going to say, just being able to give back to the church and to sort of invest in something that you, you, you care about. And then also, it's a privilege and a oh, it's almost like a, an eye-opener just to be able to sit in a team and make decisions and have unity amongst us we, we often make big decisions and I go oh that's going to be a big one and we all come to the meeting and we agree mm. and that's that's by nothing else but God's grace and, mm. and his provision for us as a church I believe so let's talk a wee bit about that. What are some things that you think of when you think of this church that really encourage you, that really kind of make your heart sing? What do you love about this church? So someone told me once, well, I heard someone speaking on, on a church that had disappeared, and they'd said that the worst thing they could ever say about a church was who would miss that church if they disappeared. Like, what is your, community, what is your church doing for your community that if we close the doors tomorrow, no one would miss us. Mm-hmm. And that would, that would just be devastating. So to come to a church that we do things like Central Way, um, we do things like Movers and Groovers, all the ministry things that we're doing that are impacting our community, mm. um, it's just it's a real honour and a privilege to be a part of that cool. and to see it growing. Gary, what, um, what kind of makes your heart sing when you think about this church? Um, I think it's just the fact that... Um, People come together in Jesus' name, and they give. You know, they give their time, they give their thoughts, their energy, their encouragement, and um, it's something that really stood out for us when we first came here in 2000 with um, a brand new baby and a wife who had just had a Caesar. And um, you know, the next day, members of the church turned up who we'd never met, and they're doing my luxing and my cleaning and looking after the kids while I unpack. So it's um. And that's, that's been a theme right through our time here, is the, just the willingness of people to step out and to help each other out. Mm, cool. Claudine, your thoughts? Um, it's wrapped up in a Māori proverb, he tangata, he tangata, he tangata. And what's the most important thing? It's people, it's people, it's people. And I just look back over time and I just see all the different people that God has brought into this, into this place to be part of this whānau. And it's, it's just it's amazing, um, the right people at the right times. But just even looking now, where we are compared with 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we're just so adept of ages and stages and um, different walks of life, different backgrounds, and so much more multicultural than we have ever been. And that's encouraging, to be able to uh, just share our different experiences but come together again as one, as one church family. Cool. So that's hugely encouraging, I think, for all of us. 
Um, <clears throat> can you pinpoint a specific example of, of maybe God's goodness or, or his grace that you've seen in, in recent years? Jordan? I can't really pinpoint. There's okay. just, for me, it's in my own life and moving along, you're constantly looking at God's hand in your life and you're going, wow. And sometimes when I tell people my story, I sound like I'm bragging. I'm sort of like, God did this for me. God did that for me. God's doing this in our church. He's, he's, he healed this one. You know, it's yep. just, it's difficult, but it's, it's so living you're, through you're it. You're seeing regular, regular yeah, occurrences. Claudine? Cool, cool, cool. Um, yep. I kind of missed the recent years part, but thinking about the, one of the biggest things that I've seen God's hand at work is the provision of this building. And that goes back to 25 years ago-ish. Mm. Um, so before that, we were meeting in a wee building down Clutha and Ashworth, and a lot smaller, and um, just the, the faith and the vision for the leaders at that time to be able to get us to this place wasn't looking quite as spectacular as it does today. And I remember actually when we were gutting the, the back um, rooms to make space for youth work in our Sunday school and stuff, and it was like a black hole. It was a little bit awful. And um, just about to see it now, it's just so amazing that what God has done. Um, we've had, obviously, lots of different um, renovations over that time, and then the recent ones, which have just been amazing. But to see such a place that we can uh, use for all the ministries and parts of our church that, that make it function well, but also then to be able to reach out in the community and, and share this place with other people that have got nothing to do with church, hmm. and uh, that's exciting. That is cool, cool. Gary, what do you see? Yeah, I have an apology to make. Um, I was one of the people who took the sauna out, so if you thought oh. you could come to church with a sauna... <laughs> I've um, always wondered who that was. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I was part of the team and Derek Pyle was the other side of the sledgehammer. Um, this building's been a, a, a real miracle. Um, we, we looked at this building um, when it was available and um, we didn't think we could afford it, but we took a step in faith. And it was after we took that step in faith and decided to, to purchase it that somebody unconnected to the church in Dunedin made a huge donation which gave us the deposit for this building, unconnected. And it was after Pastor Derek Pohl went down to, to see the gentleman and thank him and asked him why, he said, my father was always going to put money into planting a church and helping them build the building. Um, so don't underestimate the connections that God has. Um, and he followed that up with another instalment when we started the project. So a huge investment's gone into this building, connected to God. And since then, we've just been so blessed with uh, the number of grants that have been given to us from other organisations who are not church organisations to help us refurbish the building. And that doesn't just happen. Um, and I think for those other organisations who are not Christian organisations, it probably happens because they see something going on in our church, in our community. They see a need and they see people who are willing to stand up and do that work um, on behalf of God. So, yeah, that's a, a, a real miracle. That is. And if you want to know more, talk to Gary, talk to myself, because the stories of God's provision and generosity through people has just been phenomenal. So <clears throat> that's looking back. But what about looking ahead? What are some of the opportunities you see um, God might be unfolding for us, Claudine? I'm still staying on the building theme for a minute. I think we're at this point where we still don't even know yet how much we can use this building for good. 
and it's coming. And it's people's ideas are what's important too. Like we don't have all the ideas, um, but we have the willingness for our resources to be used for God's kingdom um, and in our community. So excited about what that looks like going forward. Um, it's been interesting to see how some connections have been made already with groups in the community to come and hire the building, and that might be through the high school where we've got lots of our church members involved, or through um, ITOs or other groups that come and use the building. And it's our connection with our community too, it's not just hire it and they will come, but we can also play a part in how we connect those dots. Mm. It's been a lot of positive feedback just about the way that we've been able to provide space, but also connect with people and just offer them really good support and service, which I think is, is important for Christians. Gary, any opportunities that you see kind of on the horizon? Yeah, um, you know, through the history of New Zealand since we were colonised, um, that was followed by an urban drift where everyone was moving to the big cities and they just grew and grew and grew. And I think now we're seeing a reversal of that where the people are moving out of the big cities and they're coming back into the rural environment. And not only that, they're not just coming from the cities within New Zealand, they're coming from all over the world. Mm. And so there's an opportunity to, um, to help and support people and help them settle into our, our community and to build that faith, but also leapfrog off those connections into other ministry opportunities. Mm. True, cool. Jordan, thoughts? It's just opportunity for um, our church to grow as it's growing and new friends, new connections and, and what our church can still do in the community. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to. I think it's important to note, um, we did a count up <coughs> reasonably recently and in the last 14 months we've had about 25% growth in terms of households connected to this church which is pretty significant growth if you wanted to think of that in a business sense that is skyrocketing. Uh, so one of the things that Jordan's you know, hinted at there about seeing the church grow and, and helping people get connected, groups is pretty important for us and we want to get a few of those up and running in the coming weeks so keep your eyes kind of posted on that but some really good things too and I think it's just about trusting, being faithful and, and honouring God and seeing what he opens up. So just as a final word, do any of you want to share a um, particular scripture or a verse that you think God really wants to impress upon us this year? Yeah, I was thinking of um, Hebrews 10, um, 25, where it says, do not forsake the gathering uh, as some have. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's, you shouldn't underestimate coming to church, whether you have to drag yourself in because you're going through a painful part of the journey or you just things are going really well. That little nod from somebody across the room, that, that friendly, hearty handshake at the door, that smile that you can give to someone, maybe a pat on the shoulder, uh, a cup of tea with someone just to ask how their day's going. Don't underestimate that because when we gather together, we encourage and we provoke each other to love and good works. Mm, cool. Including? I'm going to have to read mine, sorry. Um, Same. That's right, Jordan's furiously scrolling. I'm, I'm trying to find, uh, I had, Sam told me one, that's another, when I opened it, it's on something else, so. <laughs> All right, Claudine, you go first. It looked better, but it's not. So this is in Romans chapter 15, and it's in the message, so it's, it's a few verses, so I just want to read the whole thing, because I think it's all kind of important. Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter, and not just do what's most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? Because that's what Jesus did. 
God wants the combination of his steady, constant calling and his warm personal counsel in scripture to come to characterize us, keeping us alert for whatever he will do next. So may our dependably steady and warmly personal God develop maturity in you so that you get along with each other as well as Jesus gets along with us all. And then we'll be a choir, not just our voices only, but our very lives singing in harmony in a stunning anthem to the God and Father of our Master Jesus. I love that picture of the choir. Yeah, yeah. I thought you would. Resonates. Jordan, what have you got? So, for the last couple of weeks, it's been, I had a a tough couple of weeks a while ago, and someone laid on my heart Psalm 91. um, And it's been carrying me through these, these last few weeks. And the day that I got this, I sort of read it and went, wow. Why am, I, why am I stressing? So Psalm 91, just the first verse says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And that's, that's what I want to leave with you today. Mm-hmm. And no matter where you're at, trust in God. Hey, is there anything else you want to share? Anything that I haven't asked you that you have a burning <coughs> desire to proclaim? No? Question for you. Sure. Is it about haircuts? <laughs> mullet. Hear more mullet. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks, heaps. You can um, uh, exit the stage. That'd be awesome. Thanks, everybody. <clears throat> just um, actually, Jordan, can I grab that mic? I just hope that you would see. Thanks. That we are pretty ordinary people. Pretty ordinary but trying to serve an extraordinary God. And I think that's the key thing that we want you to recognise, is that you know, we genuinely want to do our best for this church. And, and I think I can speak on behalf of Claudine, Gary, Jordan, and Ian and Linda, certainly myself. We feel, it, we feel an honour to be part of this church, to, to see that genuine love, that humility, that mercy, that grace. We're not perfect, okay? but when we gather together, in twos or in threes, we're trying to fix our eyes on Jesus, we're trying to follow in his footsteps, we're trying to live and love like him every day. And so I just, um, as we kind of close, I'm going to invite a couple of people to come and pray uh, for our church, um, Bill and Rochelle, uh, just a couple of people who have um, ministry roles here at church, so if you guys could come on up and then we'll share communion together. Thanks. Ladies first, of course. Oh, thank you. I'll wait till get up. Definitely, Father. Thank you so much for today that we could um, listen to the ministry team, Lord, that, that, um, that you could give them the wisdom to um, lead this church. And uh, we just thank you that you're in the big picture and that we can be a light for the community um, and that you can just sustain us and keep us going and, and looking up, Lord, not looking sometimes at the big things down and think, oh, we can't do this, but we know that you give us the um, strength to um, and endure what we need to complete. And in Hebrews, we say to run the race well. And Lord, we just pray that you will keep us um, strong for doing that. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning with gratitude for where we live and your wonderful provision. We thank you for this family of believers, all part of the one body, regardless of age, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of abilities, each one special and equally loved. 
Help us to be united in this love as we move forward in the visions that we've just heard. Father, we remember that Jesus walked in our shoes. Can we dare to walk in the shoes of others to give us the understanding and compassion for our neighbours or their plight? We pray that your love would be reflected in this community through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, Rochelle.